Truthfully, what happens is, as children grow up, we start to educate them progressively from the waist up. And then we focus on their heads and slightly to one side. I think of the old days. You were better off. Because nowadays they're all specialists. Everyone's becoming better and better. And less and less. And eventually someone's going to be superb. Like nothing. Our education systems have mined our minds in the way that we strip mined the earth for a particular commodity. And for the future, it won't serve us. We have to rethink the fundamental principles on which we're educating our children. We're not here to tell everybody that they're wrong and we're right. We're not saying that we have all the answers, but um, we'd like to present a different way of looking at it. Hello listeners, episode 47. Here we are in the studio today, myself, uh, Chris O. Bradshaw and Alex Eldridge-Toll. Alex, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very nice. It looks like you've been um, abducted by an alien. I see you've been to your first ever cupping massage session in China, um, which everyone will know about if you've been in China for a little while. Um, But I'm sure it'll be very good for your health, so marvellous. Yeah, I'll, 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 we'll see how we feel tomorrow. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. He is in uh, rather a lot of pain, but we move on painstakingly to um, this fourth section uh, of this small little series uh, based on how ignorant uh, we all are and um, really taking apart some of our misconceptions. And they revolve around the United Nations uh, 17 uh, sustainable goals uh, for a brighter, healthier, uh, better future for us and, um, and our children, our young ones. And so we're going to get cracking. This one is about quality education, which is in our field, of course, as both as teachers. Exciting times. Mm, Very much indeed. And so here is the first question. Let's crack on, listeners. Please uh, try your best to do it with us and see if you are as ignorant as us. So here we go. Uh, Question uh, question number one, uh, Mr. Toll, goes something like this. In low-income countries across the world... What share of girls went to school until at least 11 brackets before the pandemic? So in low income countries across the world, what share of girls, not boys, went to school until at least the age of 11? And that is before the pandemic. Wow. That's a uh, that's a good question. Probably need the answers, don't you? Um, yeah. Three potential <laughs> answers: around twenty percent of girls, around forty percent, or around sixty percent. Okay. Now, if there's one thing we both learned from yeah. the last few, so they were sort of painting a certain picture. Yes, indeed. Um, now I could actually believe this answer a little bit because I, you know, if we say go back ten years ago, I think yeah, around maybe forty percent or so. Because the thing is, it obviously mentions girls as well, and we know how in some parts of the world, uh, girls are still withdrawn from education until a certain age. So I recognise that first one, it's got to be 20%, because it's got to be this nice, pretty picture, progress leading forward, which I still could believe, but... I'd be curious to know. Okay, but you're saying this is the girls. Um, what share of girls went to school until at least eleven? Okay. Yeah. Oh, it also says low-income countries as well. Yes. Oh, so maybe I'm, I might be completely wrong here. And it's only the primary years. They haven't said gone to fifteen or sixteen. It's only up to eleven. I'm going to go go not because I thought you were going to say sixty percent because it shows you know the yeah I'm doing a good job. You're saying twenty. Where I, where I was initially thinking. Where I was initially thinking with 20%, I think that's sort of thinking maybe across the world, but obviously it's key wording here. It's low-income countries. Yeah. I 
I reckon maybe 40, actually. Okay, Alex says 40, we say 60, and um, let's, let's delve in. It is, and uh, I am right, so, uh, well... <laughs> well I mean, that's not a pretty picture guess. at all. You are right, <laughs> but 86%, including yourself, um, answered it uh, wrongly. Um, I mean, again, like you were saying at the beginning, this questionnaire does tend to, apart from get rid of misconceptions, apparently, show that um, things are progressing very nicely in the world. And each most positive answer does seem to be the correct one. But then this one, obviously, it's the most negative answer is true, which is unfortunate. It's very sad, but I guess... Alex, I think you're getting the question wrong. 60%... Of girls yeah. go to school in low-income countries till 11. Oh, whoops, I thought they said didn't yeah. go to school. <laughs> right, well, I, I, no, don't go to school. They do go to school. They get what's called a primary education. Yep, yep. Um, and so it must be those cups. They must have sucked out um, every little bit of kind of non-ignorance from you, Mr. Tull. I, whoops. <laughs> okay, so that's why I went for 60. I, yeah. Okay. I didn't pay attention to the question, clearly. It's all right, but you're, you're with us on this now, yeah? Okay, so... Misconception-wise, many people apparently, Alex, think a minority of girls in low-income countries go to school, probably because they know there's still huge gender gender inequalities um, within them, and they don't want to trivialise them. So out of 195 countries, today only 29 are called low-income, and only 11 of them still have big gender inequalities in primary education. Anyone have a guess which ones do have big gender inequalities in primary education? 11 in all? Um... I'm going to get this horribly wrong. We'll get one out of 11. I mean, we get one out. Come on. We can hope. Um, low-income country. One of these countries, I don't even know. I'm not going to say... I'm going to say maybe maybe Chile. Okay. Chile is not in there, I'm afraid. It's it's uh, Afghanistan, one I pulled out in an earlier pod. Oh, um, yeah, of Guinea, South Sudan, Central African Republic, Guinea-Bissau. Was it Guinea-Bissau? Yemen, Chad... Um, Nigeria, is it Nigeria, Nigeria? Yeah, Nigeria yeah. maybe. Um, Eritrea, rings a bell, but I can't pick where it is. Ooh. Mozambique and Somalia, lucky we're not geography teachers. Um, so yeah, uh, in most low-income countries in general, wow. girls drop out of school more than boys when they reach puberty, partly because of bad school toilets. Let me read that again. What? Apparently in most low-income countries in general, girls drop out of school more than boys when they reach puberty, partly because of bad school toilets. When oh. countries become middle-income countries, schools are better prepared for female students. Wow, very interesting. When measuring results, pretty much everywhere, girls outperform boys all the way up to higher education. Well, it's a shame then that a lot of them, um, especially low-income countries, aren't actually being able to go into secondary education. So a lot to work on. This Toilet one, you makes, have an idea? This makes, makes it a bit sad now. Hmm. I'm. Aww. Did you want to add to the toilet thing or not? No, I mean, I, get, I can understand I can understand the reasoning behind it because, you know, when you go into puberty and yeah. obviously if you need to change um, yeah. pads or tampons. Menzies, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. It's a bit, a bit of a dark one. Let's, uh, let, let's move on, shall we, um, to, the, <laughs> to, the, to, the, to the second question. So some misconceptions may be cleared up um, there, listeners. So question uh, number two is as follows. <laughs> How many university students worldwide get their degree in their home country as opposed to abroad? How many university students worldwide get their degree in their home country 
as opposed to abroad. And um, it's either 77%, uh, 87% or 90% of students get their degree in their home country and not abroad. That's um, right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So Quite high um, in all accounts, all those answers. Yeah. I, I guess I wouldn't have thought it to be that high, but mm. I guess that comes from, I guess that classically comes from that level of ignorance from being in the UK where a majority of people do their degree in the UK. Um, I mean, now um, with, the, with the growth of online education as well, I mean, pre-pandemic and post-pandemic, mm. I, I would have said, you know, it's a growing thing, isn't it? You can be anywhere now and do your licensing or, or even a degree. I would imagine it's got to be very high, but the fact that it's given those options... I'm going 77% with the advert of online education. You're going to go 97, are you? Yeah. All right, let's, let's see. Let's go 97 then, what you said. Are you all right as well? Oh. So not many people are actually going abroad to do that. I mean, we can understand a little bit behind it. And even as we are teachers in 76% got that wrong, including me. Yes. Um, You know, certainly as we know, all the international schools, a lot of the international schools here just do the IGCSE, um, which obviously is very popular in even A-levels. It's mad to think that those are the more popular options compared to, you know, the John Cow. And, you know, rumour has it in... uh, Another school, uh, so, so uh, word through the grapevine is that some schools are actually opting out of the John Cow to go for the IGCSE and the A level, right. which then means they have to do their degree abroad. Which is yeah, well, yeah, good point. I mean, here the misconception is obviously then that people are studying, not finding the services, um, the opportunity to get a degree of their choice in their own country, so they go abroad or they go online. But mm. remember, um, this wasn't about online, was it? It was about just getting a degree. Yeah. So again, we could go deeper into this, but we won't. But it says here in 2018, 5.6 million people were studying for a degree at a university abroad. Back in 2000, it was only 2 million. International experiences often lead to friendship and solidarity across borders. It can spread ideas and best practices across universities. But the number of students isn't nearly as large as people like myself believe. Oh, wow. Us ignorant ones. The highest overall amount of students abroad are from middle-income countries. Uh, can you imagine, guess the, the two big middle-income countries where are feeding uh, students uh, outside of their own countries abroad? Uh, middle-income? I'm... I mean, you can pretty much know, can't you, if you go on the high street in England and go to university? In England, mm-hmm. what, what's the nationalities you see the most? Oh, China and Eastern, Euro- Eastern Europe. China and India, actually. Uh, I guess just because they're smaller than India and China. Yeah. Um, the biggest host countries for students who can afford to study outside their home country, because most of them are very rich yeah. and need, need, need to pay extra money, are the US, the UK, Australia, France, Germany and Russia. Yes. Uh, it's oh. only a very small share of students who complete their degrees abroad, though, Annex. Short-term exchanges are more common. Even if the number yeah. of students abroad is increasing, it's still a fraction of what people may think. And they then do say, during the pandemic, obviously, these figures uh, would have gone um, down uh, even even more uh, as they're unable to travel abroad. Well, I think it's certainly it's a privileged thing. It's a priv- it's all, you know, we're talking about, hey, it's a privilege to get a degree, and certainly in some parts of the world, there are the facilities and there are the facilities and the um, uh, infrastructure behind it to give them the support to do a degree in their own country. But to go abroad is uh, it, it's it's a huge opportunity and it's not necessarily one. It's not necessarily um, easy to access for a lot of people. So, yeah, I think it's certainly it's a privileged thing to go abroad for your degree. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, but with the advent, and it wasn't included in this, of online education, yeah, I think it would go true. a lot more because they're studying outside their home country, but they're not physically going out. So that question doesn't take into account that data, does it? I think it would be a lot larger um, mm. than 3%, um, which it says in that. So let's move That's on. Um, question number three. Of all primary school teachers in low-income countries, what share are trained? Of all primary school teachers in low-income countries, what share are trained? Is it 30%, 50% or 70%? Um, yes, for those who think most of them are, it clearly isn't. So it's low-income countries, yeah? Yeah, what share are trained? Just getting anybody off the street, perhaps, or um, someone that just likes... Being with kids. What was it, 30, 50 and 70? 30, 50 and 70, I've yes. got to say 50. I don't think... I mean... Half, to think yeah. To think only 30% are trained in low-income countries, that just seems really, really doom, a lot of doom and gloom. Mm. To think it's 70, that's assuming that low-income countries have access to... Have to, to you know, have the infrastructure in place for those universities, for the universities for training, etc., I gotta say, yeah, I reckon fifty makes fifty seems like a reasonable number. Okay, I'm gonna go seventy just to be different, and again, just with the rosiness of things, misconceptions abound by the by the by the text here on um, GapMinder.org. By the way, GapMinder.org, we haven't um, oh, yeah, we pushed it, haven't we, in this pod? Uh, the researchers have just put an electric shock uh, through my left kidney uh, to get me to state that. So lovely. Uh, GapMinder.com, wonderful website, Swedish, um, non-political, um, non-religious, non-affiliated, um, and um, just based on uh, voluntary donations. Yes. Um, okay, very nice. Let's go. Uh, you say 50, okay. I say 70% are um, qualified, and... Um, and I'm right. Oh. Uh, of course, this isn't about me winning and you losing. It's about... I'm um, thinking a lot more negatively. I'm thinking quite negatively <laughs> well, about it. Well, you got it. the last one right. So uh, 90% actually, including yourself, Alex, got it wrong. Um, and, wow. And, yeah. That shows a lot of people really do think... That's, yeah, I'm quite curious. What are the facts about this one then? Well, for a lot that many people to be... For, this many pe- for that many people to be quite negative towards... Uh, primary teachers, yeah. primary primary education in low income countries. I will say I'm though curious. that seventy percent was the right answer, which does mean thirty percent of primary teachers in low income countries aren't qualified. Correct, which, which is also quite damning. Yeah. You know, not of the country, but obviously the systems in place, or mm. you know, the opportunities to get qualified if you're a you know willing teacher, you have a passion for teaching. So mm. education is one of the key elements of global development. It can help push people and even entire countries out of poverty, as we know, and increase equality and help control population growth. Oh. Um, what, by stopping you having sexual intercourse more than normal? <laughs> right. Well, I suppose, yeah, fine. It is about ignorance. Um, I, I have been very ignorant uh, in my life um, and have four little whippersnappers. Uh, things have never been getting better. Uh, things have been getting better, uh, but it's not yet close to being as good as it could and should be. Oh, well, that's nice that they, they say that, because I absolutely agree. Mm. Um, but there you go. Low income. There's a fact for you if you're off to a dinner party uh, tonight. Uh, anyone listening in? Um, there you go. Should we move on to question four, I think, um, Alex, unless you have yes. anything else to say? No, nah, it's all good. Let's move on. Okay, question number four then. How many child refugees... How many child refugees attended primary school before the corona pandemic? How many child refugees attended primary school 
before the corona um, pandemic. Now, I would imagine, and we don't know, these are refugees who are still in maybe their country that they've left? Yeah, they've... Or they're in... So there's two way, There's two sides to it. I mean, you would assume that they've been... It's, been, it's outside their country, mm. which if that's the case, any country that they get taken to... Certainly, I know we're thinking... I'm certainly as... You know, experience has it. I'm thinking of the UK. Yeah. And it's, it's again, you know, refugees have to go to school. It's against the law for them to be, to be uh, rejected. Um, I think it's got to be a high number. Well, let me give you the answers. I've always really stabbing in the dark here, aren't we? Is it less than 20% of the refugees? Around 40% of them or more than 60% of them. Now, if you go on what you just said, if they're meant to go to school, it should be a lot higher than 60, shouldn't it? Yeah, but the other thing as well, this doesn't specify countries. No, that's obviously thinking, obviously my factor is just about the UK. Yeah. Um, So... It's another, it's another bollocks question really isn't it sorry yeah. to swear but yeah I, I am really coming to my tether with this really um from the from the first time you launched a question at me over the staff room i was oh this is really quite interesting um but please listen on <laughs> i'm not trying to, like, to switch off here uh but but actually on an experience my sons when we were locked in england for the nine months lockdown in england they went um to a school um mm. in plymouth a lovely little school but Plymouth's one of the few places where a lot of the refugees, sorry to use the word, but get dumped, basically, for processing. Um, um, and so within the school, and they were only there for a month, and they really loved it, and they're only there for a month because school only started again in September um, after being, you know, closed for so long. But, wow. uh, you know, there were a lot of families, refugee families. It was a real eclectic bunch of, of different um, beings and... Um, I think that adds to wonderful diversity and, 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 and great ways to educate children, both yeah. in and outside the classroom, I must admit. Um, you know, here where we are, it's a very home, homogenous uh, student population, really. Mostly yeah. Chinese, wealthy background, highly privileged. Uh, whereas in a school in England where, where my two older boys went, very, very wide ranging. Yeah. Almost like uh, literacy rates in our classrooms. <laughs> so, uh, what are we going for? Less I mean, than 20, 40 or, or more than 60? Yeah, more than 60. All right, it's I'm going to go. I'm gonna go. It, just again, it makes things rosy, doesn't it? And we're right. We're but right. the thing is, it's, you say it's rosy, that's more than 60. Basically it should be more than 60, yeah. It should be way more than 60. It's basically saying it's not 70. It's well, not even 80 or anything like that. It's, it, quite frankly, it's, you know... Are you looking to further your career in education? Teach Now offers a convenient online teacher preparation and master's degree program completed anywhere in the world. Reach Now for Teach Now. Ain't no time for defeat now. Teachers get off your seats now. Future generations need you now. Work with people all over the world in a collaborative, activity-based teaching environment. To learn more, visit teach-now.edu. Expertise that is really outside of the box. Can I, we can only imagine the whole, we can't imagine the whole situation when you are a refugee and to be no. withdrawn from with education from, you know, education is a right, education is a need for all and for that to be taken away, it's just, it's just crazy. Well, again, there's ins and outs of where this question's coming from and there's details that lead us down uh, maybe unanswered questions at the moment. But w- what I will say again is, why doesn't this website... Um, have a fourth uh, answer 
which would be not above 60, like the answer is, but that would be 60, or it would then be 90. So so we see, because by only putting the 60, it kind of shows that, oh, that's okay. You know, it's not okay. No, no. <laughs> so, but it's above 60. So above 60 means it could be 90, it could be 70, it could be 80, but they mm. won't put a D in. And we've talked about this before other questions. They won't put a D mm. in that, that takes it up to somewhere that would be amazing. So mm, uh, there's some psychology at play here. Gap minders, uh, got augers, send them an email researchers and let's see if we can get them on um, at some point. They'd probably just tell us to gap off, wouldn't they? Uh, okay, misconceptions are banned on this one, Alex. Most people um, yeah. uh, overestimate how many refugees there actually are. Um, it's not more than 0.4% of the world's population. Half of them are children and half of those are not in school, which is something like 0.1% of the world population. When we think of it that way, it doesn't seem like too big a problem to solve. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I've got to say... No, and, and I've got to say, you know, I've been in that school playground and I've met and seen and quite a lot of, and spoken to the teachers and the admissions people, a lot of refugees, um, families who come in and they actually go very quickly. They're processed must be really troubling for the children, actually, to come into a whole new classroom, a whole new language, and then suddenly be whisked off somewhere else if they've been accepted to stay in England, yeah. and then they move somewhere else, or if they're not. Um, it's quite a terribly harrowing experience. Um, education increases a child's chance of supporting themselves in the future, which is especially crucial for those who have left everything behind. The good news is they are fewer uh, than people think, and more than half of them are already enrolled. Again, I, I find there's a lot of Fudge in there, Alex. Yeah, this just... This is not a question that uh, sits well with me. Yeah, Even though it's like, oh yeah, it's nice and cheery, it's more than 60%. It, like, I'm sorry, but that's still not good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, you can't twist this. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, and for all those that do have uh, some fudge over the festive period, or even not the festive period of listening to this, be careful because it can take your teeth out. Um, that happened to my late grandmother one year oh, gosh. Christmas yeah, and I bought her the fudge uh, anyway <laughs> less fudging and on to uh, question five Oops. across the world Alex how many children go to some form of preschool the year before they start school again prior to the pandemic um, once again across so the world how many children go uh, to some form of preschool the year before they start school across the world wow. is it around 20% 40% or um, 60%. Uh, we're talking about preschool uh, in low, high, medium um, this is across performing countries. Yeah, this is the whole spectrum here. Preschool, my wife is a preschool teacher. Very important time um, mm. in a child's life. Uh, most uh, people will think not. Um, I think very much the science shows that the baby's brain at the ages of uh, zero to four is at its most open, um, like a sponge, and it takes everything in. But they don't go to formal education, of course, to what, four, five, maybe even six in a lot of countries. So I believe we're missing out a lot of chances for them to socialise and to form those really important skills. Yeah. On. This, I mean, this is certainly an area that I, I can only speak as a single person with no kids who has not done any research on the matter, but I could fully believe it to be, I could believe it to be true. And mm. certainly you notice those differences in the classroom with the kids who maybe they went to preschool, maybe they didn't. And I can imagine it'd be more obvious when you are a primary school teacher, mm. those who come in with an education of some sort and those who don't. I would like to say, so what are the numbers again? 20, 40 or 60%. I'm going to say probably 60 
just because we know how this website <laughs> works. But the other thing as well, it doesn't specify the region. It says across the world. No, it's fudged. And we think the population of the world, obviously the largest population of the world are in countries where there is access to that, so it's got to be a high number. Well, Alex, you're absolutely right. It is uh, 60% of children across the world do go to preschool. 73% uh, answered this uh, wrongly. Again, there's a lot of fudge in there to unpack. I mean, most parents in the world live in middle-income countries and they work in service and manufacturing. And so the majority of their children go to preschool around age five before they start first grade. Um, the number actually who go to registered preschools around 67%, according to uh, UNESCO Hot Chocolate. Um, but even more children go to informal childcare because almost all parents have to work as soon as their children can be taken care of by someone else during the day. Being with other children, as I think we highlighted earlier, learning new things is good for their development. The strange thing is that most people we've asked, <coughs> the number is much lower because they're really ignorant. And I, I did remove that last bit that wasn't actually in there. <laughs> you aren't ignorant if you are misconceived about that. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I, these are good questions, I will say, regardless of the whole fudging situation. Are they paying you or something? Have you been <laughs> They're not paying me. There's no, right. there's no uh, yeah. taser behind me or anything like that. Or okay. I'm not, I've not got an ankle bracelet on. I do think the questions are good because they do actually make you think. They, I think they encourage that sort of critical thinking despite the whole um, wording of the questions, yes. the choice of your answers, answers etc. Because it's fair to say there are misconceptions with each question, uh, with, each, with every single topic that we've discussed in this series. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know where I was going with that. No, <laughs> no, it's a good point. I think you've put a bit of a balance on it, which is nice. And it means I will sleep um, more peacefully um, at night. So uh, on to the next question. Final question of this section, um, listeners. It's question number six. Uh, worldwide, how many children under the age of 15 uh, do not achieve minimum levels of proficiency in reading and math? I'm going to say maths. Um, worldwide, <laughs> how many children under the age of 15, Alex, worldwide, don't achieve minimum levels, the minimum threshold of proficiency in reading and math? And the answers are 20%, 40% or 60%. Um, and the basic skills, all of our children around the world, wherever wow. they are, should be proficient in reading and maths of by course. the age of 15. Absolutely. Now, I'm thinking the key wording here is minimum levels because there's a lot of misconceptions around mm. this, that, that, that specific, those two specific words. Mm. What, you know, how are we establishing minimal levels? You know, are we saying those students who say we're in the UK, are they achieving grade C or, sorry, are they achieving a grade C or, you know, a level yeah. five, whatever it may be, or sorry, level four um, at GCSE? Um, it's... Fudged. A little bit. 60%, um, isn't it? It's got to be quite high. 40 or 60 or 20. Oh, wait, how many, how many do not achieve? So oh, oh, we nearly made, <laughs> we nearly made we the same mistake as I did at the beginning. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm nearly full of sleep here. Uh, no, no, absolutely not. It's got to be a low level, but I find it hard. To, but it says worldwide, though. I'm going 20% because they're just it's so amazing, be. aren't they? <laughs> United Nations. I mean, it's just a wonderful organisation. I love the... The rainbowness. Come on, let's move on, shall yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 20%. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, wait, what? Whoa. Oh, oh my. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is quite something. 73%, including ourselves, uh, were wrong. Most children today do go to school, and that's an achievement. 
Um, but now it's time to improve education by giving schools more resources. And that's because the answer is 60%. 60% of children under 15 apparently don't achieve a minimum level of competence in reading and math. So, I, you know, I, I think we've almost been brought down to earth here. Um, I'm surprised. I'm glad about that. There because, seems an yeah. absolute realistic answer for once um, in this, this... question. <laughs> it's, the source is UNESCO. Um, and, and, and so, I, I mean, yeah, what, what, what do you think about that? This, it's, it's absolutely right, because it's clearly, I mean, I've, um, certainly my experience prior, certainly my experience so far in teaching has always been in, you know, middle class schools. The, the intake has been very middle class. So I could, I could completely believe, and I'm thinking about my, I could completely believe that's correct, because I think even the number of kids who achieve those basic levels, um, you know, I'm thinking sort of GCSE thereabouts, in, uh, in sort of English and maths, it's mad. I, you know, how many, I just, there's a lot of numbers, there's a lot of people 60%. That but that's like, that's the thing, 60 I mean, sixty percent of kids worldwide. That means with, don't we are, achieve. Yeah, it, it basically means we are growing up dumb as you know what. Yeah, and hence I get around the whole title of how ignorant are you? Um, and, and, We're very and, ignorant now. Well, and, and is that on <laughs> like, purpose? I mean, it, 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 is it a conspiracy theory to come alive that we are being dumbed down to not truly think? I mean, oh, being able to read and and do some sums is quite something. I'm shocked at that. Uh, is it stuff they're putting in our food? Um, or, or you know, at night time in the uh, chemtrails and all these types of things. But I'm We're surprised. Going back here. I mean, most misconceptions we identify are about improvements that have been neglected. This is the opposite: a problem that is underestimated. People don't realise how bad, apparently, the educational outcomes are in most schools across the world, and we don't fully understand why this particular problem has not gotten more attention, while most other problems are exaggerated um, in. In people's minds. So, wow. Yeah. Um, that just, I mean, I have wondered, certainly since coming to China, my, um, I certainly had the thought of like, you know, what if I taught here, taught in, um, taught in our sort of international, quote, international school for, for a couple of years. And then once I am proficient at the language, what if I taught in a state school or something? Yeah. Obviously, big question there if, if I'm allowed to and all that stuff, but, but never mind. How would that compare? It's something I do think about and certainly some teachers I've met before where they sort of entered the country through international education and then it was like, yeah, they married and settled and it's like, oh yeah, obviously I'm very good at the English, you know, let's move on and let's have a different challenge in life and teach at a state school. Um, and it made, I mean, wow. It, I find that crazy to think that, that it would actually be the case, that it really is a struggle in some of those... In certain areas of the world. It's fudged because I think, for example, what is this saying? Is that 40%, only 40% of a student population at the age of 15 can read and do mathematical sums competently. Proficiently is, is the word. And in China, Ooh. I think you find that more than 40% of students are proficient in reading yeah. um, and, and mathematics. The other thing uh, as well is also because it says worldwide, it yeah. says proficient, minimal level, all that stuff. Yeah. Is everyone's minimal level the same? Yeah. Well, That's the other... This is where the fudginess comes in, isn't it? The extra fudginess with double clotted cream. Um, but for many decades, uh, Mr. Toll, the government's main priority has been to build enough schools and make children go there. <laughs> to do what? 
maybe learn. Nowadays, the majority of children everywhere go to school, which is fantastic. Classrooms are full now. And the problem is instead that headmasters are left without resources to have enough good teachers. Teachers are overburdened with too many young learners. Children who don't get support with homework at home are left without a chance when the exams come. Some children can't afford the school materials. Others might live in homes where they're unable to study in the evenings because they have to work instead or they're missing electricity to even read. It's extra difficult for children with special needs or disabilities. Sometimes it is as simple as being short-sighted and missing glasses. There are many reasons why you fail an exam. Wow. Um, um, wow. Just... Well, this is, that, that's, can you say that word again? Wow. That's, that's the word we want when people listen to China Jedi podcasts. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. A wow moment. <laughs> this is, I mean, this is Wait. one hell of a wow moment. Like the last, this, these la- this question, just so much to unpack. And it almost thinks, it was basically in a weird way, from what my, what I took out from what you just said, is basically saying that this generation of students mm. are doomed, but because they've gone to school and they've learned the, and they've learned the value of an education, the next generation, the children of them, will have a better appreciation of it because the parents have said, like, oh, you need to do well in education, all this, you know, education will naturally, naturally evolve. Yeah. It's basically saying, currently, we're just there for there. You know, we're obviously, we're obviously below satisfactory, we're obviously failing, la da 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 but we're only going to get better. And basically, it's crazy to think that in some parts of the world, education is going to be is so far advanced. But worldwide, this is what's going on. 60%. Uh, one thing I will just say, uh, just to give you a little tipple of extra fudge on top of the fudge that you've already happened to get through here, sure. is that there are limitations to this data. Um, yeah. Even UNESCO acknowledges that it's difficult to measure how well children have been learning as learning assessment data varies a lot, yeah, as, as we said. said, and it's hard to compare. So apparently in this, they consulted three independent experts on this question. Um, however, and they trusted the source and regarded correct answers as more correct than the other two um, answer options. Uh, that gives me even more extra fudginess to this. But it brings it to the end, and that is um, surrounding quality education. There's lots of aspects to quality education. And um, I think we've, we've discussed some real interesting nuggets today that do have a lot of misconceptions within it. Indeed. And, and even misconceptions uh, within the non-misconceptions that we may have non-misconceptively Ooh. come to <laughs> conclude uh, today. So that's it, listeners, uh, from Mr. Tull and me. And um, we'll be back uh, with another one soon. I think we've, uh, we've got a couple more to go through, haven't we? we? Have a couple more, yes. Yeah, wonderful stuff. Okay, so this is Charlie Jelly, people. If you're an English-speaking teacher from anywhere in the world and you have a bachelor's degree but need an official and accredited teaching license to get a job, get a visa to teach abroad, or most importantly to learn all those things you wish you knew before you stood in front of 30-plus students, then reach now to Teach Now and secure a professional U.S. District of Columbia license in as little as nine months. Online in no time, low cost, high quality, Teach Now. Get in the game. Immediately receive a $100 discount of your tuition by signing up to the Teach Now program by the link www.teach-now.edu forward slash China Jedi. May the smile be with you.